What's up, y'all? I got a dance deal for you, Chicago. Hubbard Street Dance heats up the Harris Theater stage with its spring series of joy next week. Now, this is some of the most dynamic, cutting-edge contemporary dance made by the world's leading choreographers right here in Chicago. I'm excited for Echoes of Our Ancestors by Maria Torres, among other creators. But you can only catch it for three performances between May 17th and May 19th. Luckily, CityCast Chicago listeners can get tickets in any section for 20% off using code CityCast online or over the phone. Visit HubbardStreetDance.com for details and use code CityCast. Today on CityCast Chicago, we've covered what it takes to put on a block party in your neighborhood, but what happens when that small local event transforms into a can't-miss summer festival? Well, that's the story of the Southside Silver Room block party. Now, after 20 years, it's coming to an end. We talked to a couple people who've been there since the very beginning and asked, what is Summertime Shy losing? It's Thursday, July 20th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is what Chicago is talking about. I'm joined by a contributor with the tribe, Danielle Sanders. Uh, Danielle, welcome to CityCast Chicago. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It is not slight to say any event has been in Chicago for 20 years. And I imagine it's hard to think about some of your kind of favorite moments, some of those standout or highlights. But what have been some of yours as someone who's seen this block party transform over the last two decades? You know, the first thing that comes to mind is the end of the last Silver Room block party right before the pandemic. The Mm -hmm. end of the night, the last song of the night, Jazzy Jeff played Summertime. And the entire crowd went up. And it felt like, I felt like I was in a music video. It was just so much love (laughs) to hear the crowd, you know, chanting, you know, the summertime verse. We're summertime shy at that moment. It was it was one of those things where it's like, wow, this is dope. Yeah, I was out there for that and it was packed yep. side to side. I, uh, I, I think I said something earlier this week to the effect of like you really couldn't dance or juke on nobody because everybody was juking on each other because you were so close uh, next to each other. But could you have imagined back in 2002 when the Silver Room block party was just starting, that it would one day be this thing where 40,000 people are packed in to 53rd Street listening in the summertime. Like, can you walk us through how it went from just this kind of true block party outside of a Wicker Park store to one of the most highly anticipated events on the South Side in the summer? Yeah, I, I couldn't have imagined that. You know, I lived in Wicker Park um, and was a frequent shopper at the Silver Room. So it just felt like an extension of the store. You know, that that first, you know, those first few where you had like a little platform. It wasn't even like an official big stage. You know, you had a platform. People came out. There was some food. You know, it's kind of like you know, something that would happen in my neighborhood, you know, back in the day when we would have like the little block parties for the kids. Mm -hmm. Never would I have imagined it to have turned into literally a sea of people singing and dancing. So to see it grow and evolve the way it has has been really amazing. What do you think drove that growth? Word of mouth. 
you know, in Chicago, especially um, black Chicago, everything is word of mouth. And a lot of us were on the South Side or lived on the South Side, but we would still hear about the festival or the block party up north. Like, you need to come out here, it's lit. And same when it moved to Hyde Park, it just became even more accessible. Last year, the 2022 block party, when it's now moving to Oakwood Beach just to accommodate Mm -hmm. this new reality that we're living in, do you think people realize just what goes into that move from 53rd Street to Oakwood Beach? Can you kind of enlighten people on, on how much it takes to put on something like this? I don't think people realize the logistics um, of putting, A, when he kept it in Hyde Park, just the logistics around that were massive. But to move it now to um, to the beach, now you have these crowd control things that you have to do. You have to have fencing. You have to have porta potties. You have to have electricity and water and sanitation for your food vendors so people can eat. You have to have the tents that have to be certain kinds of tents that are wind resistant for vendors. So it's not like, you know, you could just bring your own tent. They have there's liability issues. So you're really going down the checklist right now. Yeah, like all of those things have a cost and we haven't even made it to stage production, speakers, engineers, and then the talent. <laughs> so all of those things add up and then you add insurance and all of the other permits and, you know, the the fees they have to pay the city to use that property. That's a lot, you know, to put on an event for for two days. Eric Williams, the founder of the Silver Room and the Block Party, mm-hmm. um, he's doing a lot of this himself out of pocket. Yeah. You know, I lost probably over one million dollars over the last 18 years, literally out of my pocket just doing this. It just kind of got to a point where I just didn't have the capacity. I mean, that's the the larger answer. You know, it's a lot that goes into it, you know, fundraising, um, you know, artist booking, um, you know, city permits. It's a, it's a lot that goes into this 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 block party that became a festival. And I kind of wanted to keep exactly. it a, a block party. One of the things, you know, Eric is a lifelong entrepreneur with multiple businesses here in the city. And he said, you know, I'm taking resources from my other businesses that are year-round businesses to help fund something that happens in a weekend. And at some point, we had to make it make sense, you know, financially. And for him, he said it just got to a point where it was just very strenuous. So um, Mm -hmm. he had actually considered after the pandemic ending the block party and decided to come back. And then, you know, we're here now (laughs) with with the announcement of the last one. So it's sad. What was your reaction when you heard this was going to be the last year of the Silver Room Block Party? I was so sad, but then happy that I have tickets (laughs) to go to this one. But this is an event that we look forward to every year. Like, this is part of my summertime schedule. And we always kind of joke, like, it's the Summerfest, it's African Fest, it's Chosen Few, then it's Silver Room. Like, that's... I can't imagine a summer without the Silver Room Block Party like that. I don't think it's hit me yet. It'll hit me next year when I don't see the announcement, you know. I want to get back to this question of logistics, right? The name is the Silver Room Block Party. But at what point does a community block party become a huge summer festival, especially with that move to the beach? You know, how does that kind of change the community element when you're thinking about like ticket prices and, and, and like bigger stages? Mm-hmm. I think one of the things he he 
talked about in some of the lessons he learned from last year is he really wants to scale it back even though it's at the beach he needed a, a more space to a, more space to accommodate more people but he still wants to maintain that block party feel and so he felt like you know maybe we don't need three four stages maybe we cut a stage back bring the people a little bit closer together but still give them enough room to still get that intimate feel you know, I think I'm proud of the fact that we did this over 18 years that became so popular. I mean, people try and do events and nobody shows up, you know. Mm -hmm. So the fact that we put this together and it was really meant to be a oh, a customer appreciation party slash let's get my friends together slash summer celebration uh, for a few hundred people. That became this thing that, you know, people are flying from, from around the world, you know, so I'm definitely proud of that. But again, it, it wasn't meant to be what it is. It was something that was meant to be smaller. Um, because it was free and anybody could come, that everybody just came. That's a delicate balance. How do you take an event that was meant for the block, <laughs> for that particular commu community, but so many more people like it? It actually speaks to the lack of these events. You know, it wouldn't, would it be as much of a big deal if everybody was still doing block parties the way they had back in the day when we were kids? I don't know. But he has something that people crave and something that people are lacking, which is why we all gather there. So I think he has a very delicate balance to make it spacious enough for us to kind of gather safely, but still keep that intimate vibe. In many ways, I'm kind of hearkening back to the first block party. Like, so just to infrastructurally, it'll, it'll feel more like a block party than a festival, which is what I wanted to do. So that's yeah. kind of the point of it. I'm looking forward to that. You talked a little bit uh, about sort of a lacking in it, in it filling a hole. What exactly is that that hole? What you know? What what was the silver room, uh, you know, providing essentially? It, you know, it's one of those I call them sacred spaces where there's just black joy. <laughs> just it, it's like you could capture it. It's a moment where you're coming out. You can release the stresses of the day, the week, the month, whatever, you know you're in a place that's safe. You know, this event has never had any um, any issues whatsoever. And you feel like you're around family because I'm running into everybody from grade school and beyond. Um, and I think people, they love that feeling of just being able to just enjoy a beautiful day in our city with our music, with our people. Are you self-conscious about your smile? Do you only allow yourself a closed mouth grin? Well, with Aligner Experts, there's no reason for you to diminish your smile. As orthodontists, they have the privilege of witnessing the remarkable transformation of patient smiles, which often translates into a profound boost in their confidence. Yet, there always seems to be a deterrent. I ain't got the time, I don't have the funds. Luckily, Aligner Experts is redefining convenient and accessible clear aligner solutions. With customizable treatments, transparent pricing, and their cutting edge 3D scanners and dental monitoring technology, you can transform your smile through the convenience of your own schedule. Stop in at their West Loop or Lakeview Clinic today for your complimentary smile assessment. Aligner Experts your destination for advanced clear aligner solutions. P.S. They got another clinic on the way, so stay tuned for their Old Town location.
Chicago has no shortage of neighborhood fests. And what is really cool is as you go around the city, you do see moments of of neighborhood pride, of cultural yes. pride through car parades, right? Um, through through uh, neighborhood music festivals. And there is something about having that space for Black Chicago. It, it's yeah. its own need. And, you know, how big of a blow is this to not only our personal sort of mm. summertime schedule, um, but for the South Side? I think it's a big blow. Um, you know, we're fortunate that we do have uh, a couple of events on the South Side that we get to go to, but the Silver Room is special in that it is a celebration of the diversity of our own culture. So there's something for everybody, something for every generation. And you, it's combined with art, black art, black design, black entrepreneurship, you know, and the businesses that are being supported and and the um, other companies and resources that are marketed to our community that are being amplified in these events. We're going to miss that. That's a huge mm-hmm. value to our community. And the Silver Room doesn't, or they don't, they're unique in that you're going to get Caribbean, African, African-American, hip-hop, house. You're getting everything um, that kind of sums up our culture. Poetry, ballroom, like it's so many different elements. And there isn't any other festival that kind of brings all of those elements together. Um, so I think that's, that's going to be a significant loss. I mean, with those other festivals that you mentioned, Chosen Few, African Caribbean Fest, High Park Summerfest, what what do you think the state of the South Side and Black Chicago's festival scene is? Because there are some some smaller festivals, especially ones that are happening on the West Side. Mm-hmm. You know, anything from from Lim- Lyrical Lemonade um, to you know the Juneteenth Fest we just saw yeah. in North Lawndale. You know, you know how do how are you feeling about our festivals right now? I love our festivals, but I think in order for them to remain sustainable, we are going to have to, and when I say we, I mean as a community, we are going to have to realize that there has to be an economic investment in these festivals, whether it's the community members that are coming out and paying for tickets, or if it's the local businesses who are coming in and supporting these festivals with sponsorships. It's going to take the community to pour into these events financially for them to sustain themselves. They are growing for a reason. The people love them. And at with growth comes responsibility and more, you know, expenses. And I think people have to realize that every vendor, every food vendor, every retail vendor, those are people from your communities that you're supporting. You're supporting their businesses, their workers. You're you're pouring into that ecosystem. So it is, I would say it's a party with a purpose. I mean, you're behind the scenes at a lot of these major festivals. As you're hearing from, you know, the, the folks who are putting them on, are people optimistic and excited, you know, even as we're getting this bad news to, you know, learn and grow and, and put on, you know, bigger and better festivals, you know, in, in the years to come? It depends on who you talk to, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, some festivals are, are are concerned, you know, how do we keep the cost of these events affordable for our community and still put out something that's quality? And then others are getting more sponsorships than they have before. So they've been able to kind of keep it going. I know uh, Chosen Few is uh, over 30 years now. And this year had quite a few sponsors, uh, more than previous. But I know 
the Hyde Park Summerfest had ticket prices that people were kind of going back and forth. And I saw a great decrease in the number of people there um, this year. And Eric talked about from going from 40,000 people when it was free to 15,000 last year. Like that's, that's us. (laughs) That's, that's on us. That's not on on Eric or on these organizers, they're doing their part to bring these events and to keep them here on the South side in our community. So I think we have to do our part to make sure they stay there. Mm-hmm. We definitely want people from the neighborhoods, from the community to be coming to these events. But when you're at a chosen few, are you also seeing the, you know, the black Chicagoans who have moved into the South burbs are, are people commuting, coming back into the city to, to see these festivals? Oh, for sure. Actually, I um, I've I host a tent with a girlfriend, and everybody except for myself is from the burbs. They always have hotel deals because people are making weekends out of that, and they do have you know pre and post uh, pre and post parties and things like that. But you see people who enjoy these events. Same with Silver Room. A friend of mine owns an Airbnb nearby, and it's always booked when it's Silver Room because they know we'll be here both days. We want that experience we want that feeling and we want to be around our people and just enjoy enjoy summer in chicago and i actually think the block party the location is so dope because you can see that skyline right in the back and it's just like very poetic you know Mm -hmm. when you're talking about summertime shy so i actually love the new location Right. I'm excited for Freddie Old Soul, Mick Jenkins. My my brother Achilles is going to be performing. But Danny, before I let you go, who are a couple of people on the bill that you're looking forward to seeing or a couple of activations you're excited Ooh, for? I cannot wait to see Moonchild. I'm a huge mm-hmm. fan. I love Ovios as a poet and an artist. Uh, really looking forward to Tall Black Guy. Um, activations. I try to go to all of them because I like to take a bunch of selfies in front of them, hoping a few of my favorite vendors are coming back. Um, I met some really cool people that sold like um, personal care toiletries and, you know, interesting art and earrings and purses that you're never going to find in the store. So I'm looking forward to enjoying all of it and eating a bunch of really good food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Come on. I love Um, food. (laughs) Danielle Sanders is a contributor with the tribe. Thank you so much for making time for us. Enjoy your vacation. And hopefully I'll see you out at uh, Oakwood Beach on your birthday weekend. It is my birthday. So you will definitely see me out there. Thank you so much for having me. The Silver Room's last block party will be next weekend on Oakwood Beach. You don't want to miss it. I'll be out there hosting on one of the stages Sunday. We'll put a link in the show notes for you to get tickets. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. In their final meeting until September, City Council voted to create a pilot program for sidewalk snow and ice removal, approved the purchase of the Diplomat Motel in Lincoln Square to be used as a shelter, and they sent an ordinance back to the Rules Committee that would end the city's sub-minimum wage for tip workers. In sports news tonight, the Chicago Sky on the road against the Phoenix Mercury, the White Sox are on the road against the Mets, and the Cubs are at home against the Cardinals. And some good news. This weekend, you can catch me at Tacos, Eat Tamales, and Pilsen. The free event will be on South Peoria and West 16th Street. Trust me, the food never misses. Please make sure you subscribe to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. And what do you think of the new website? Let me know at 773-780-0246. I'll talk to you bright and early tomorrow morning. Peace.